You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. Phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We got nine calls to get through, and when we get through it, then we're done. For the YouTube crowd that's checking this out, it looks dark. You know why it looks dark? Because I just did the last episode with the lights blinding me, and it made things worse. You can see a lot better. I mean, my face is dark, but, like, the actual background or, you know, you can see the microphone, which was invisible before. So, I mean, it's packing it after dark. It's dark on my face. I, I did a different background, which is lighter, you know, to kind of try to brighten it up a little bit while at the same time being darker freaking don't worry about it all right let's just do the thing that matters where people call and then we talk about it uh let's start off i gotta turn this back up with mr green bay fan what's up ryan hey what's up your buddy and fellow ryan calling in (laughs) what's up dude i thought you made an interesting point about anders carlson and what that could lead to um, this season because you know this is a talented team it really is and there's potential to win the division make the playoffs and if you make the playoffs it's kind of like who knows you have a ticket to the dance right mm-hmm. so yeah kicking is extremely important I definitely get the cause for concern um, I also get the potential. I understand why they like him. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear he's uh, got an extremely strong leg. He comes from a football family. He seems to be pretty smart. But, yeah, he has to be consistent. When the game starts to count, he absolutely has to be consistent. And if he is really costing this team games, I think I would have to hope that the team would make a move. But with that being said, he does deserve his chance when the lights are on and it really counts. We've got to see 
if he rises to the occasion because everybody's different. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to root for him. I am an optimist, so I think he's going to eventually succeed. He's an older rookie. He is a rookie, but he's like 24, 25. He's not a baby. So I think he's going to succeed, but I totally get the cause from concern. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good one. Yeah, I mean, look, we're beating this thing to death here. I'm, I'm, I ran out of things to say about Anders Carlson like uh, six calls ago. But, look, the bottom line is we have no idea. For all we know, the issues are fixed, and and he's going to be a great kicker starting, you know, this Saturday or whatever. Um, you know, I think I'm posting this on Saturday. Today, today is going to be the day that we all learn. It might be week one. It might be midseason. It might be at the end of the season when we're in the midst of our playoff run. It might be never. So yeah, you're. I mean, all we can do is root for the guy. That doesn't mean he's free from criticism. That's for sure. Just like everybody else. If you make a mistake, I'm going to scream at my TV and I'm going to make comments on the podcast about my displeasure with your mistake. Um, but, you know, yeah, I hope he's good, obviously, because that means our team is kind of good and stuff. So that's that's all we can do, and that's really all the more I can say on the matter. Here, Ed. Here, here. How's hey, it going? Good. Good. Um, so I'm calling at a time when I know you're probably not going to be doing live phone calls because I hate talking on the phone. And even though I like you, you're a good dude. I I really hate talking on the phone, um, which sucks because my, the back window of my car got shattered last. Which is odd that I don't like talking on the phone considering, um, you know, this whole thing. You know what I found out though? Talking on the computer on the phone is easier. You should try that. I've, I've done that now where it's like, I don't really want to call somebody. But if I'm just at my computer and I can use Google Voice and I just like copy and paste the phone number and call it, I'm just sitting here talking. It doesn't have the same. I don't know what that thing is, but it's like different than like the phone call as opposed to just like somebody's talking to me in my ear while I'm sitting here playing StarCraft or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just just something to to think about. So I have to call the insurance company and actually talk to a person, even though I hate talking to people on the phone. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, um, why I'm calling. Um, your concerns with Jordan Love, I completely understand them. It is, I definitely see the same notes consistently, and I completely get it. Um, but the way that I view it is, like, when you're going into, say, like, you're going into a game, you're saying, my, I think the Packers are going to win against whatever team, I think that we're going to win 28 to 21. And then you go into the game, right? And like right at the beginning of the game, the other team's offense drives down and scores, right? And you're like, oh, we're already down seven. But it's kind of the same thing where it's just like you predict predicted them to get to 21. So until they get to 21, it's kind of like, what what did I expect? What can I actually be mad about? Right. But then, when but then once they get keep going and keep going and keep scoring up until to out score more than twenty one and into twenty eight and thirties and whatever, then you can start to be like, really, this is bad. Um. So when you say when we say that like Jordan Love is going to take his bumps and bruises and Jordan Love is going to have his failures and he's going to have his flaws this year. Maybe that's one of the big flaws that Jordan Love has. 
maybe everything else is fine, but then that's a big fi- a big flaw that Jordan Love has is just overthrowing receivers from time to time, and that's the and the consistency thing is that he needs to work is the thing that he needs to work on more to become that great quarterback. Um, so maybe. I get the concerns of him doing that throughout the training camp and whatever, but I just want to see it if he can grow throughout the regular season when he's going up against different opponents, when he's in game time, because that is a different feel. So maybe this is what it's going to take for him to get to that point of not overthrowing it and hitting his receivers a stride and doing all that stuff. Because most of the time he's fine, but then there is that little bit of time that he's not. Um, so anyways, that's just my view on it. Um, I completely get your concerns. Have a good day. Yeah, I'm trying to look this up real quick because, I mean, uh, yeah, that is a possibility, I suppose. I mean, quarterbacks kind of have their things, right? I've already said Aaron Rodgers set a, a standard that's never going to be met in terms of, you know, you know the touchdown-to-interception ratio. And, and, in fact, Favre was – kind of far in the other direction, but he was still a legend. He was still a fantastic quarterback, still obviously capable of getting into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl, and he actually did bring us home one, despite the fact that, yeah, he was a little bit reckless with the football. So, you know, quarterbacks or players can have flaws and still be good at football. And In fact, in that game where I was upset that he missed Musgrave so brutally, um, you know, he came back out and he drove the, the, the team down the field, and, and it really wasn't on the back of doing anything special. It was just an efficient drive down the field, which is all I'm really asking for. And the fact that the errant throws are not reckless throws also is incredibly important because it's one thing to get off the field and have to punt or, you know, to turn a, a what could have been a 40-yard play into second and 10, and then you got to kind of go from there or whatever the case may be. Um it's another thing to be Sean Clifford and throw it into the defender and then he runs it back for, for six, you know? So <clears throat> that is a factor. One of the things I want to look at too, though, is when you actually look at accuracy, what the heck is the guy's name here? Um, Josh Allen is actually, this is what I did not want to happen. Apparently I cannot spell his name correctly. It's not Alim. It's an N. Um, not the most accurate quarterback in the world. He really isn't. He's actually on, you know, below average when it comes to accuracy. If, if you look at his on-target percentage, uh, 73.3%. But he's, he's, he's kind of known as a little bit more on the reckless side, a little bit more on the, you know, I mean, if you look at his turnover-worthy play percentage, what percentage of the time does he have a pass that should have been picked? It's relatively high. I mean, he threw 14 picks. That's pretty high. 4.2%. Pat Mahomes was at 2.3. You know, Joe Burrow is at 2.2. So Josh Allen is is a successful quarterback. He's seen as one of the best quarterbacks. He belongs in the conversation with Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, you know, Justin Herbert, whoever you want to throw into that mix of the top quarterbacks. He belongs in that conversation. PFF had him as the third best passer despite the fact that he was, you know, let's see, how reckless was he? Well, we got to get rid of all these other guys here. He was um, tied for the sixth most reckless passer at 4.2%. And again, this isn't numbered, but I would guess he's uh, 20th or or outside of the top 20 in terms of on-target passing. So, yeah, and again, I'm not trying to say 
the guy's a garbage quarterback and he can't be good. I've never said anything like that. I'm not being doom and gloom. I'm simply pointing out a reality that this is not just a missed pass here and there. It's clearly above average. Um, it's a number that's higher than it probably should be. And and these are wide open players and these are, you know, it's re- it's a repeat problem. It's not like, oh, it was a problem and then it's getting fixed. It doesn't seem to be getting fixed. So I'm going to point it out and I'm going to point out the very obvious reality that number one, we don't have any reason to just discount it and say we know that it's going to be better by week one. We don't. And in fact, if we, it's more likely that it's still a problem. Same with Anders Carlson. It's more likely that it is a problem compared to the fact that maybe it's just because it's preseason and he's just kind of closing his eyes and trying like upside down, inside out granny shot throws just to see if he can do it. And then come weeks one, he's just going to be like, boom, on the money. Um, but then the, the other reality is not, not only is it likely to be an issue, it's, it's likely to cause problems for us. And it also makes it less likely that he's going to be a successful quarterback. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be a good quarterback, but you know, for example, if you look at a quarterback and say, he's an unknown. Okay. That's fine. And you say, well, he has a 4.2 turnover worthy play percentage. Now, guess whether he's a good quarterback. You would probably guess that he's not. Now, granted, Josh Allen is in that group, but most of the guys that are in that group are not good. Same with his on-target percentage. You know, above him is is Derek Carr, below him is Matt Stafford. That's not good. So if, if I told you it was 73.3% on-target percentage, you'd say, well, he's probably not a very good quarterback. It's possible that he is, but he's in bad company. And so that's all we're really talking about with Josh with uh, Jordan Love here is that we don't know anything, but this does seem to be a problem. And if it is a persistent problem, he's in bad company among quarterbacks that have this problem. Most of them are not going to be very successful. Now, again, I don't know what his on-target percentage is because he throws a billion passes, right? I what Prior to, I haven't kept up since. This has been one or two training camps since. He had the what? What did I say? 22 errant passes that I documented out of 11, whatever. But I don't know the total number of passes. If he threw 10 passes and it was an average of two per camp, then he's got two off-target passes. And that's, you know, that's out of 10, that's still 80%, which would be the highest on-target percentage the entire season was Kyler Murray at 802 now, granted, that's on target compared to catchable. Um, 80% as far as catchable would make him one of the worst in football. So I guess that's not great. Um, the lowest was actually 74.1%. So, I mean, and that's something else to, to consider. Eight out of 10 catchable passes is uh, very much unacceptable. <laughs> that's that's not an okay number. It's... um. It's it's closer to 90% is what's expected. Nine out of 10 passes should be catchable. And, and that just has to do with accuracy. Just just make it somewhere where it's possible for the receiver to catch it. So, and, and, and again, it's not to say that if you're a little bit lower on this list that maybe you can't be successful, but there is a limit, right? I mean, Lamar Jackson is down here at 80. He's one, two, three, four, fifth from the bottom. And also, you know, there's a question of if you take his mobility away, how good of a quarterback really is he? You've got Marcus Mariota, Justin Fields, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, Matt Stafford, Baker Mayfield, Tyler Heineke, 
Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, and then you get up to Josh Allen before you finally get to a decent quarterback, and that's he's at 85%. So, again, it, it's not a 100% direct, you know, R1 correlation or whatever you call it in the stat nerd world, but it but it is a very high correlation. Better quarterbacks are at the top of the list. Bad quarterbacks are at the bottom of this list with a couple random exceptions. So yes, it's possible that he can be a not, you know, he can have a high level of uncatchable passes and still be successful. But the odds are lower. Hello. Hi. So I was listening to the After Dark last night, or from last night. Sure. And uh, Thank you, by the way. You said something about how people have this preconceived notion about Jordan Love slash the Packers without Rodgers. Um, my job takes me to a lot of different people's homes, a lot of different establishments, and there, there is so there are two types of people: one who know that I'm a Packers fan, and we've gone to discussions about it, and they take all the 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 digs that they want. Mm-hmm. Well, oh man, Packers without Rodgers. You guys weren't even good with Rodgers. What's gonna happen now? And they do it for fun and I we go back and forth. It's a good old time. Um some of them don't have uh any skin in the game because they're like, I don't watch football, but you know, it's Rogers is a household name, so I know him. And then there are some people who do follow football and they they know their team I can get back at them, but they, we, it's fine. Uh, anyway, so uh, me and these people uh, have a little bit of fun throughout the season. And then there's another group of people who have general curiosity about the team and what they think. Because, like I said, I, a lot of people know I'm a Packers fan. I'm pretty open about it when I'm going into people's homes. Uh, and a lot of people – in my area are Cowboys, Steelers, Falcons, Bears, and Dolphins fans, which is a really wild mix-up. Yeah, but, you know, to out not one live. area has to be specifically one way. I live in Missouri. Oh, there you go. So, I don't know what that says. Uh, but anyway, uh, a lot of people, they're just curious about what the Packers will look like. They're not necessarily listening to the talking heads and they have ESPN on and stuff when I go into their home. Uh, but they're trying to get like their idea from a Packers fan. So it's good to hear that some people do care about the opinions of others. Right. Uh, for the other teams. Cause I'm learning a lot about the dolphins and Falcons specifically and how they're, they feel about their team. Falcon fans from what I'm hearing are not happy about the draft that they had and the Dolphins fans, they think that uh, it's their year, which every single time I hear that, I'm like, uh, yeah, sure it is. You got it. Yep. Nailed it. Anyway, um, that was a lot of rambling for, you know, not a whole lot of payoff, but all right. Bye. It's funny you mentioned that about the Falcons and I, I don't know any Falcons fans or whatever. Um, I always do love interacting with, especially content creators that are really plugged in about um about the draft it's funny that they really don't like their draft because i'm watching some of the clips right now of the falcons game 
and I'm seeing Bijan Robinson. He looks fantastic. And I'm sitting here going, man, what if, what are the odds they're good? I'd have to go back and look at their team again um, to kind of see what they've got going on. I think they've got a lot. I mean, the defense I know has been a disaster for a long time. I'm, I know the quarterback is a big question mark, um, but Drake London looks really good. Bijan Robinson looks really good. So it just kind of made me wonder what it's going to take for this team. Like if Desmond Ritter can be solid, I mean, that offensive line is elite. They've got elite, at least one dominant wide receiver. Bijan looks like he's going to be a stud. You got Grady Jarrett and Calais Campbell on the inside, even if you don't have pass rushers. You know, you got Bates at safety. You got a, a, at least as good a corners as like the Lions got, but you got like a better front without the pass rusher and probably better safeties and linebackers. So maybe you can crack the top 20 as a, as a defense. Maybe not. But, you know, offensively, I just wonder if this could be like a ver- – and, and, and freaking uh, Kyle Pitts, by the way. I wonder if this could be similar to what we see. You know, th- this is actually the Lions that everybody is expecting the Lions to be. I'm wondering, it's, just, it's all going to hinge on Ritter. I know this is a Falcons thing, but I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud here. I just wonder um, if Ritter could kind of step up, especially behind this offensive line. We'll see what Bergeron can do at left guard, who was the guy that they drafted in the second round, which, again, is kind of weird that they didn't like their draft. It's actually, I, I actually kind of respect it if that's the case, because you hear Lions fans getting all geeked out about a running back and a linebacker, and it's like, guys, come on. So Falcon fans are looking at Bijan Robinson, one of the best running back prospects to come out in I don't know how long. Um, and they're like, nah, it's garbage. We needed something else. E- either either they don't know what they're talking about or they're just like, you know, really wise fans who are like, you know, that's that's garbage. You don't draft running backs. We already got enough weapons. We need defense. We need an edge rusher, et cetera, which is probably true. But anyways, I just find it interesting because most fans kind of lean – in the casual direction, they want the Bijan Robinsons. I mean, I wanted Bijan Robinson, but I, I had to like talk myself out of it. It was an obsession. Like I, I want him so bad, but I know it's the wrong pick, but I still want him really bad and I don't know what to do. So I'm glad the Falcons took him. So it wasn't like a thing for me to worry about. Um, but yeah, I, f- I find them to be an interesting team. I really like covering all these other teams. Part of me wishes I hadn't gotten so deep into the Packers. So I could have just done like NFL stuff and you know, who knows what happens in the future? What were we talking about? Anyways, yeah, so people are uh, interested in hearing perspectives from Packer fans. I mean, I, I get that. For example, when people have me on their podcast or whatever to talk about the Packers, I mean, they're genu- genuinely curious, and I think to some degree they're they're very open. But I have noticed the, the least amount of open that I've seen is when people have had me on recently and they ask me about, like, you know, like you said, with losing Rodgers. There's always kind of like that, really, though? Like, really? It's like, Rodgers wasn't good last year. Okay, but like, really? What do you mean, really? He wasn't good. I I don't, I don't, like, it's it's just like, because it's so stuck in their brain. Like, you can't be good after you lost, you can't be as good as you were last year after losing Rodgers, because they just can't, they just can't get there. Like, it's just a mental block. Like, it's impossible to lose Rodgers and not fall off. And it's like, you don't understand. Think of it this way. For anybody listening that might not be a Packers fan and doesn't understand this, last year we lost Rodgers. 2022 Rodgers was not Rodgers. That was not 2021 Rodgers. It sure as heck wasn't 2020 Rodgers. That was some guy that busted up his thumb, didn't seem to have a whole lot of passion for football, made all kinds of bad decisions, bad throws, bad attitude. We lost Rodgers in 2022, and we're replacing him with this other guy. 
because the last guy was terrible. This last unnamed guy who was not Aaron Rodgers, he was some other weird creature that came in and looked like Rodgers, but was not Aaron Rodgers. And if you watched it, you would know that that was the case because that dude wasn't even a top 20 um, quarterback. It's the best way I could think to describe it. But yeah, I've, I've received a healthy skepticism, you know, sort of that, like I said, that, that sideways glance, like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I think you're just being a biased idiot right now. So, um, but granted, these are, this is like Vikings fans and stuff that are, that are kind of doing that, but I'm glad you're getting a better reception. Let's do one more call and we'll take a break. Ryan, it's uh, Aaron a- a- from Ron. Oak Blair. I What's just wanted up? to call because I thought of an analogy uh, for quarterbacks play. And I'm a musician, as I've uh, mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think about the different types of musicians. Um, there's the kind of the prodigy or the, the virtuoso whose sure. main talent is to be like incredibly skilled and incredibly impressive and to sort of uh, display, you know, the maximum amount of talent in everything they do. So they, they like to play music that's fast. They like to play music that has some kind of an impressive element to it um, that's flashy and that gets people to go, Ooh, that's so impressive. And then there's people that are incredibly good at the craft, may not be the most, um, they may not be as skilled in terms of like the technical virtuosity of a virtuoso or prodigy type uh, musician, but they know how to make great music. They know how to play well with a band. They know how to make everything fit and sound good, have a good feel. Uh, maybe they know how to write songs really well. So, you know, like a category for the prodigies would be something like um, Aaron Rodgers, where everything he does is super impressive and super, super, like, physically kind of imposing, Um, you know, whereas someone like Tom Brady, maybe, yes, he's talented physically enough, but... His main skill is he knows how to really play the game. He really knows how to take what's given to him. And um, I think that's where I hope Jordan Love can get to is, you know, maybe his play style is a little bit more of that uh, musician who's maybe, and I think he does have the talent to be, he could become someone more like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera. But even if he's not, you know, I think there's a lot of people that could be like, uh, like an example of the other type of musician would be like Bob Dylan, where he's good enough at guitar to play, you know, to accompany his vocals. He's a great songwriter, a great lyricist. His voice is not trained really, but it's sort of the style of it is, is appropriate for the music. But he's an amazing musician. Um, so, anyways, let me know what you think. Yeah, and and I mean, this is your realm, but I'm just trying to think of some examples here. And maybe this isn't even exactly your your point, but you know, I think everybody kind of wants the uh, prodigy, I guess, as you put it. And sometimes it can be to some degree a detriment, you know, like they want to play the the fast, you know, all the, you know, we've seen it where people are like shredding on a guitar or whatever, and Honestly, there are times where I don't really find it enjoyable. 
but that's what they want to do. I, I, so I, I guess an example for me personally, and is, I'm sure there's plenty of other better examples, but the one that came immediately to mind is Joe Satriani, extremely talented um, guitar player. But with the exception of a couple like okay songs, like the, what is it? The, something about an alien or whatever. I don't know. Aside from that, I, he's just not super enjoyable to listen to. And I, I kind of wish I enjoyed him more because he's incredibly gifted, but he's it's not he's not necessarily making good music despite the elite talent. You know, because there's more to composing, you know, if we were to think of it as a uh, stupid dog, I'm going to just flip out in a second. I got flies, I got dogs. Probably the cat showed up in the neighborhood cat, so that's why he's freaking out. But you get what I'm saying, right? Sometimes you can be incredibly skilled. And I, I think about this sometimes with just general categories of music where, you know, like death metal. Not all of it. I know some of you, but a lot of it is just like, I'm going to play the drums as fast as I can. I'm going to play the guitar as fast as I can. I'm going to yell as loud as I can. But it's not enjoyable. It's just, it's just like, oh, cool, dude. And the drums are... Wow, that's, I mean, that's fast. I'm not enjoying listening to this, but it's it, that is fast. Congratulations. And on the other hand, you've got like Ozzy Osbourne. I don't think anybody who is a singer would revere him as a as a very talented or gifted singer. Could be wrong about that, but that's my understanding is among singers, he's not really up there. But the music that he helped to create, the the showmanship that he put forth and all that stuff, it really created one of the 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 biggest and and probably best rock bands of all time. Um so I, I think that is an important thing to remember. And it's not a shot at Aaron Rodgers because he made great music for a long time. But we also seem to think that we need this just really, you know, talented guitar player when in, in reality, what we really need is somebody that can create great music. And if that happens to be a virtuoso, great. Because that, that, I mean, it's probably easier to make great music with somebody that is an unbelievably skilled player. But it doesn't have to be that way. So... Um, anyways, why don't we take a quick break? I'm going to send a text to my wife to shoot the dog and then, uh, we'll be right back. Thanks. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So us cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, we're back. I literally sent a text that said, shoot the dog. I don't think she'll do it, but uh, I guess we'll leave that up to fate. All right. We talked a little bit yesterday about Eric, the serial entrepreneur. We had some questions. I contemplated not taking any of his calls because I wanted us to kind of come up with some of our own conspiracy theories and whatnot. But we haven't done that. And so um, Eric will fill us in on what his life is all about. Hey, Ryan, serial entrepreneur Eric here. Hey, man. And uh, I'll share with you the story. Story how it goes. Uh, we'll, we'll see if you find out if uh, I'm a success or not. Uh, I don't know what your definition of success is, uh, but uh, I'll share it with you, and you can see if I'm qualified yet to to give you some advice. So first of all, I hate my voice. Am I am I the only one that does that? Or my Everybody my radio slash podcast voice hate it. Um, we should. Uh, Everybody hates their voice. Nobody likes to hear their voice back. Then you, if you have like a podcast or something, you hear it enough, it doesn't bother you anymore because that just kind of becomes your voice because you hear it so much. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's like if you hear it three times although people probably hear their voice all the time now with their freaking cameras taking videos of themselves i never really did that but people that do that maybe they get used to their voice i don't know you get used to hearing how stupid your voice is after a period of time i guess is what i'm saying awesome voice like you or, or that, the gentleman that called in that he's got good deep baritone voice which mine was like i hate my voice is so nasally and loud and just annoying. I'm just annoyed you. by my voice, so I apologize to all those listening to my voice. <laughs> uh, first up, let me uh, say Ray Donovan is a good good show. I uh, do believe it won a bunch of awards on that, it so it's second the guy's uh, opinion on that show. Second so, time I didn't hear uh, it. Started in childhood. I grew up fat, geeky loser, no friends. So I got this written down here because I, uh, yeah, I like to get off course pretty easily, so I had to write it down that way I wouldn't go over when diddle-dally too much. So I grew up that geeky loser, no friends, no attention from the girls, always getting beat up by bullies. And I was a quote-unquote good eater, as adults like to say, and so I tended to eat most. Aside from the getting beat up part, you're describing um, a good portion of my adolescence. I actually eat a lot of my emotions, that made my, my self-hatred and low self-worth and all that. So fast forward, uh, well, it's 100, sorry, 100 years. Really nervous right now because I, uh, I'm not used to talking about this. Uh, fast forward to college. Somehow, some managed to get a girlfriend, but I was over 100 pounds overweight. 
and she uh, dumped me. She dumped my sad butt, uh, broke my heart, and wanted to kill myself. Uh, my whole life was kind of wrapped up in this one woman and didn't feel like life was worth living without her. So uh, instead of killing myself, which is what I wanted to do, I didn't want to put my family through that agony and dishonor like that. So I decided I would just lose the weight and try to win her back. That was like the, the goal I set for myself. I know uh, now it's come find out that's a very cliche thing to do. Uh, so anyways, I uh, hit the gym really hard to hit, hit the weights. Um, always skip leg day, like like you did. I, I could relate to you on that front. Amen. I didn't know how to eat, so I just learned how to eat healthy. And uh, this is back in my 20s. I'm in my 40s now. I'm, a, I'm like, as Clayton, like he says, I am a, uh, I'm a man. I'm 40. So this is back uh, about 20 years ago. So anyways, I, uh, I, uh, along with your I discovered a love for health and fitness and because it helped me feel okay. That was one hour a day. I didn't feel miserable. And so that trans- transformation inspired me to become a personal trainer and then later a bodybuilder. And there I was, I was pretty successful doing that for a number of years until the gym I was at, they started be a part of that anymore. Uh, so I set out to broke free to do my own thing. Uh, I set out to, and I, what started off as it was an online personal training space. Uh, Got cut off there, but we, it's funny because we have, Similar stories. Mine, mine had nothing to do with a girl. I couldn't care less. I mean, I, I, I cared, but I'm, we're, we're different in that regard. Um, as far as the uh, similarities, severe mental health issues, and and weightlifting helped me a ton. I dropped a ton of weight. I had hit 250, which was a, a real big high. I think I was super depressed, got all the way up to 250. Didn't have a scale in our house. I went to my grandma's house, stepped on it, said 250. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I just, a switch just flipped in my head. And I was like, okay, we're, we're doing something here. So I dropped down to 170, spent seven days in the gym, uh, seven days a week in the gym, two hours a day on top of my landscaping. Like I said before, I didn't know how to eat at all. I just, I was eating a, a, a cutting diet. So I was, I was losing a ton of weight, but I was not putting on a lot of muscle because I didn't know, like I said, what I was doing, but you know, it's funny because we we kind of took a divergent path. I said the same thing. I, I want to be a personal trainer and I wanted to own a chain of gyms. That was like my my biggest dream was to to own gyms. But um not to blame other people, but like most people, I was pushed into going to college. It was a terrible decision. I ended up going to college. I uh ruined all my aspirations of weightlifting because you make no progress when you're not eating and you're drinking all the time, alcohol. So I gave up the weightlifting. I gained a bunch of weight back, and it's just been a, I haven't really fully been able to get back into it since. Um, dropped out of Whitewater because my grades were bad. Got some two-year degree, blah, blah, blah. It was a disaster. I wish I had just fallen, uh, followed what it is that I wanted to do. I probably would have been better off. But anyways, let's see what else Eric's got going on here. I know we were supposed to stop. Actually, you know what? Shoot. He's got two more. We only have two calls. Oh, wait. No, we're supposed to go all the way through. I'm stupid. Oh, part two, part two. Apologize for. Uh, I'll wrap this up pretty quick. Uh, so it, it started off in the online personal training space, and I realized I struggled with called shiny object syndrome. And there was one new business idea after another. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. was a uh, new thing every couple of weeks. Drove my wife crazy about that, Same. and that's where the serial side came in. Uh, serial is. I, I apologize. Um, sorry for the confusion there. It's the let's say where you just start up multiple things. You just have multiple businesses going on. And uh, uh, I'm from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, so there's already an Aaron from Eau Claire, and he always has great stuff to say, so I don't want to uh, confuse our listener, our awesome listener, 
excuse me, your awesome listeners, uh, about that. So I, that was, uh, the, the, the identifier on that front. So anyway, sorry. Uh, so it was, uh, some of, most of them failed. So it was like one, one new thing after another, some successes in there, but most failed and I was a total loser on that front. Uh, however, 2020 Same. came along and opportunity came up. Uh, there's a business that looked like it might not have made it. Uh, there's a brick and border, brick and mortar business. Uh, on the surface looked really risky, but I could tell just from making every mistake possible that the opportunity was really good. Uh, the potential was there. So we went for it, uh, back in 2020. And since then, it's, uh, we've, we've taken off pretty good, work like gangbusters. Uh, we've had multiple six figure years now, uh, since then, every year. So, uh, doing good. Uh, we're not millionaires yet. So I don't know. If like the, I'm not, we're not doing that great on that front. Um, I did a Google search. I'm like, this is six years a year, pretty good. Uh, about they said, uh, I think Google said last time I checked, it was like 80, 90 percent of businesses, uh, entrepreneurs, startups don't make six figures. So at least we're doing pretty good on that front. But uh, not not millionaires yet. So uh, I don't know if that's a qualifier for you or not. Um, but uh, however, we don't have as much time freedom with this business as mm-hmm. we like. Um, kind of eat up a lot of our time and uh and we just uh it's, it's good now but we just had a newborn uh a new uh had a son born a few months ago and it's like more time freedom to spend with them nice. so um growing up my dad wasn't around very much uh i don't know if you've heard the song the cat's in the cradle silver spoon yeah uh brings me tears every time you hear that and i that was me growing up i was that kid and i was like i don't want that for me if i have my son so that's kind of the boat we're in right now and hence me starting my own uh, fitness gym because they're open up a lot more time, time freedom to spend with that. And I think that's about it. Uh, oh, if it works out, I do plan on donating tons of money to your dad's uh, ministry there. Great. Just because it's, it, it's close, to, close to home for me. Um, more to tell you on that front. Um, used to struggle a lot with that as well. Uh, and, um, and also I would like to be your number one top Patreon, Mr. Ryan, because uh, you Got cut off at the good part. <laughs> Tell me about how much money you're going to give me, Eric. Okay, that's it. Uh, I'd like to be your your top uh, top donor, um, your top Patreon. Just uh, th- and then just pay you to work full time to uh, <laughs> be my personal Packers podcaster and just do this full time and uh, doing that front. So it all works out. Um, hopefully, it all works out for me on this front. We'll we'll see what happens. I'll I'll keep you and post it if you want and. Um, yeah, so you, you tell me if that, I don't know if that counts as being successful or not or, or what have you. If you, if you want if entrepreneur advice, I'm happy to give it to you. Um, if you want here or, or privately, uh, I'll let you be the judge of that. So you just go ahead and, and, uh, wait on in. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later next time. Bye. Well, I appreciate it, Eric, and I appreciate you talking over my idiot dog. That really helps things. Um, You hear that? How unrelenting that idiot is. He will sit there and do that the whole time. He's the dumbest. We got the dog because he's supposed to be supremely intelligent. That was one of the selling points of an English Shepherd. Very intelligent dog. This is the dumbest freaking dog I've ever met in my life. Do you know how many bruises I have on my toenails? Because he steps on my feet. What kind of a dog steps on your feet? I don't know if it's because he's a shepherd and he wants to be like on you. He steps on my toes all the time. It hurts so bad. I used to be a dog person. 
I used to be a dog person. Anyways, Eric, I appreciate you calling in and uh, giving us some of your insights and uh, some of your story there. Really appreciate that. And yeah, we can certainly talk a little bit more about this off the air would be fantastic. Now my kids are screaming at the dog to be quiet. If only they had a weapon and were able to use it. They won't do it. They won't hit the dog. They're too nice to do things like that. Garrett, what's going on? Hey, Pack Daddy. Uh, just wanted to call in to discuss the uh, interviews by the media with uh, Joe Barry today. Um, they asked him about sitting up in the booth uh, with the other coaches uh, and trying that instead of being on the sideline. Yep. And he did go into detail discussing how he talked to his other friends around uh, the NFL and how they encouraged him that it was a great experience being up in the booth. Uh, it's a lot calmer up there. You can set all his stuff aside. And, um, it, you know, he's trying it out in the preseason, and I think he really likes it. So I think this could be a game changer when it comes to him actually really having a different viewpoint and being in a calmer environment having other guys where he can discuss things without being on the sidelines with all the distractions um, that go with that. So I'm encouraged by this. I think the guy is willing to do everything he can to be a better coach and being flexible enough to try something new that he hasn't done in the past, but obviously a lot of coaches do, and I think they uh, succeeded doing so. And I think you've made comments in the past about this, just you know, the viewpoint alone it's way better than, say, sitting on the sideline. Or I think it was uh, maybe JJ or uh, Jacob said this. It's like you know, with Madden, you can choose sideline or in the booth, and the sideline is just an atrocious kind of viewpoint that just doesn't help you at all. But up in the booth gives you a great eagle's eye of the whole field. So let's hope this is a, a good change that uh, bodes well for them. So. Um, I'm just, I'm encouraged by the willingness for these guys to do things that are outside of the box or out of their comfort zone to make the team better. So I'm, uh, looking forward to seeing how he calls this next game and seeing how that, uh, maybe changes his, uh, decision-making. So I'm out. On its face, it makes a lot of sense. Right, I don't know why you'd want to be on the sideline. You can't see anything. Get up in the booth. You can see the formations. You can do all that stuff. Um, at the same time, I just honestly, I, I just kind of roll my eyes at the whole thing. Because remember when Mike Pettin was up in the booth and we were upset we wanted him on the sideline? Because we had we had all our other defensive coordinators up in the booth. And we wanted Pettin because he's this big, angry guy. We want him up there riling up the troops and getting all crazy and everything. And um, that was going to change everything, and it didn't change anything. I don't know what exactly the benefits are. I know they have people in the booth that can talk to them and tell them everything they need to know that are feeding all the information you need to have. So, I mean, the fact that his big takeaway is like, well, I can set my stuff down. I'm guessing it's not that massive of a difference. Um, I think there's probably some benefit to being on the field and being able to sense, you know, your guys to be able to sit there right there and talk to them as they come off the field and grab them and say, Hey, look, and, and, you know, go over to them on the bench and talk to them and say, Hey guys, we got to do this. We got to, you know, rally the troops and all. You can't do any of that from the booth. So, I don't know. My my preference is still probably on the field. 
if if that vantage point really is going to help him to be able to see you know formations and 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 things and whatnot then fine i guess but i i, I honestly i'm just kind of getting tired of the gimmicky stuff we do this with every single coordinator and i i get into it too you know it's uh mike Patton, he's so scary and he's intense and he's mean and we need that and it's going to be great and we need him on the sideline, not in the booth. And then the next guy comes and Joe Barry and oh, he's so energetic. And these are the this is the kind of guy that the, the players are gonna rally around. They're gonna love his personality. And of course, that I don't think they do. They don't seem to care for him very much. Um and it's just it's this is all nonsense. You know what I mean? Like in in my opinion, just call the right freaking play at the right time. Get your guys ready, get get the right staff in the building, make sure you have the right coordinators there to help you to make sure that these guys are up to speed on what it is you want to do. And you better make sure that what it is you want to do, which includes your overall scheme in general, which is built around your players, it's implementing the Fangio scheme or whatever we want to call it, into what we have as far as our players. You need to be able to do that. Then you need to be able to make sure your guys are up to snuff and so that they understand exactly what they need to do in all these different situations. Then on a week-to-week basis, there's game planning. And can you come up with a game plan for the other team? That's what matters. To me, that is 98% of it. Whether they sit over here or stand over there or jump jump up and down or stand on their freaking head, I don't care. Just do your job and, and get these guys who are serious playmakers in a position to make a play. That's what I want. Let's do last call here, and then we'll get out of here. So I can throw the dog off the roof. Hey, Ryan. Hey. What's up, man? It's Joe the janitor. By the way, I know for a fact there's going to be all these sensitive people. He's abusing his dog. Shut up. Just shut up. Okay? Nobody cares. I'm not going to hurt my dog. I'm not going to throw him off a roof. This is just things human beings say. Okay? Grow up, child. Long time no talk. Hi. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. Good? Yes. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So, um, yeah, haven't been able to call in a couple weeks. Um, I was on vacation with the wife. Joe the janitor coming back from his fourth vacation. That's Joe, the unemployed janitor, coming back in his fifth. I'm just saying I'm not going to open up the spreadsheet again. I'm just saying. The three goddamn kids come on now this for is live on youtube seven or eight days in maine watch your mouth that was fun um didn't have uh much cell phone or service um couldn't really use much data it was a messed up situation lost a lot of podcasting time but it's okay it's okay you know move forward it uh, is one thing i am going to ask you i've been pretty good about it. you guys do whatever you want and I'll just go back and spend all the time editing out all the swear words. If we're going to be doing this live, I mean, my YouTube is going to get demonetized and, and all this stuff. So if you can, try to keep the swearing to a minimum. I know you can do it. I know it's a big part of your personality, not necessarily saying you, Joe, although you're pretty vocal, uh, colorful with your vocals. <laughs> but um, Just in general, as a favor to me, do your best to try to let's not do that. Um, and then, you know, this week back to work, uh, it's been a crazy week because we're getting ready for a festival that they're having at the stadium. The, um, the soccer field becomes like a big, uh, festival with tents and food and all sorts of stuff to celebrate the coming of fall, I guess, even though it's still summer. 
kind of stupid, but yeah, it's coming up this weekend, so I've been super busy at work and uh, a little bit, a uh, little bit off the wagon, you know. But anyway, you know, I did see that Jets signed Dalvin Cook, and um, I know it's probably a couple days old now, but honestly, and I I saw it a couple days ago. Honestly, I'm still furious about it. Um, I don't know why, but it really, really makes me mad. It really makes me mad because I know that them being able to sign Dalvin Cook is partially or 100% probably to do with Aaron Rodgers taking a pay cut. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry that it bothers me, but I'm I'm really pissed off about it. Uh, He's over there trying to build a a, a mega team, like superstar team, like the freaking dream team um, over in New York for the Jets. The Jets. The Jets that two years ago were one of the biggest trash organizations in the NFL. And, and honestly, they still are trash. They just have Aaron Rodgers and some good players now. But as far as ownership and GM and everything, top-down trash. So um, just the fact that I think he's doing it. To kind of rub it in too, you know, rub it a little bit into good cuts and it, I don't know, the whole situation pisses me off, honestly. Um, but, you know, I guess I'm going to go on with my day and uh, hopefully the Dream Team doesn't try to steal any more of our players like uh, David Bakhtiari, even though the GM said it won't happen. Anyway, shalom! Shalom. Yeah, I don't want to rehash the whole thing. We spent a lot of time talking about the pay cut and sort of the issues with that. Again, Nobody is obligated to take a pay cut. Go ahead and get all the money you want. But, you know, for you to spend all this time with an organization and refuse to do it, and as soon as you go over to the other team, you you go ahead and do it. And then tell the GM, go get as many guys as you can. But yet, while you're here, you don't do that. And then piss and moan about how you don't have any players, right? Especially these last couple of years when we were really cash-strapped. That would have been a great time um, when we could have use those investments significantly better opportunity in 2020 and 2021 than he's going to have with the jets. That's not even super debatable in my mind. Um, but whatever, I mean, at the same time you look at it and say, what good would it have done? Well, so far, what good has it done? It's got Dalvin cook who freaking cares. What is that guy even going to do? Don't they already have a running back? They got Brees. That guy's significantly better than Dalvin cook. Well, it's committee. Okay, so wow, you you found a number two running back who's a broke down has been great. It's fantastic news. Did you hear the buzzing just a second ago? You see how bold this dude is? <laughs> my face. Hear him. You can hear him. He's doing that. I'm pro- I'm telling you. He goes on my camera. He's coming buzzing by the microphone so you can hear it. He's literally in my face taunting me because he knows I'm too freaking slow to get him. But I'm gonna get him. You and your little girlfriend over there, you're gonna get spanked by a fly swatter. Anyways, um, the violence toward animals today, I, I apologize to any uh, PETA viewers that we may have. It is what it is, you know, you sometimes you got to kill an animal. You just got to do it because they're taunting you. And what do you do when, when a fly taunts you? You smash him repeatedly just to send a message. In fact, I'm going to make your girlfriend watch. That's what's going to happen. Anyways, why don't we get out of here? <laughs> you guys have, I mean, nobody watches this far into the video anyways. You guys have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.